Welcome to Hashtag Resilience. I'm Watson Jordan, your host. I lead the Resilience Initiative, where we research and promote resilience from around the globe and back to you, our listeners. Our big idea? We can develop resilience. Our promise? We'll show you how with inspirational stories and straightforward ideas. Learn more about us and my book, Mine, Ours, and Yours, A Father's Journey Through the Life and Death of a Child at www.hashtagresilience.com. That's all one word. Welcome to Episode 3 of Hashtag Resilience. A quick shout-out to Kinzai Fitness, No Gymnasium Required the perfect fitness program for the new world we're living in right now. Kinzai.com Today's episode comes from Hong Kong, where we're asking the question, what can we learn from our friends in Asia who have been experiencing the education and work lockdown, the social distancing, since January? I'd like you to welcome my friend Shamali Armugathasin. Uh, it's really a fantastic look that she has, having lived in this environment since January. There's very insightful comment about masks and how thinking about that coming uh, to the States, but also thinking about that in terms of empathy and comfort, about great communication, about routine. You have to make it happen. Innovation at education and work, interesting observations, uh, the tension between screen time and our real dependence on the Internet, and a chance to really tune your social media for support and alignment. We are starting today our work where we're answering the question, what can our friends around the world teach us about living with the treatment of the coronavirus. I'm very happy to be joined today by my friend, Shamali Armugasan. I didn't get that right, did I? (laughs) Correct me, so we want to get this right. Armugathasan. Armugathasan, who lives in Hong Kong and who has been living with uh, the coronavirus and how we as a world are trying to address it. So I wanted to ask her a few questions about the basics of what's happened in Hong Kong. And, and then what, um, what have you been kind of surprised to find that has been enjoyable or beneficial about the treatment and uh, surprising challenges or difficulties? But um, that's what we're hoping to gather to learn from people who have experience and to uh, help people uh, have a do as well as they can in what's a challenging situation. Mm-hmm. So we've been we've been handling this um, virus since around January now. Schools have been shut um, since then. Um, most people have been working from home since then. So um, it's quite interesting. I was saying to you offline just now that 
watching the rest of the world catch up now is quite interesting to see how they handle it and all the panic that's starting there. Um, it's, it's actually quite interesting that in Hong Kong, when it hit, there wasn't really the sense of panic because people had already experienced SARS. Um, so in fact, a lot of the practices that you're being told to implement now in the States is, uh, was already routine practice in here in Hong Kong. I mean, hygiene levels are um, so good already before the virus. People were getting temperature checked in airports as, as routine. Um, you routinely find um, little ladies, um, old ladies. They employ the elderly here for jobs like um, sanitizing uh, escalators and lifts. So you'll always see someone standing there cleaning off things. So we already have those practices in place. And, and of course, wearing of masks um, is not anything new in Asia. People always wear them here. Um, so those kind of things were a lot easier to adapt. Um, I think one of the struggles that we found now is um, a slight difference in approach between the the Westerners here and the locals because of the whole mask issue. Um, of course, the locals were wearing them all the time before, but now um, it's actually socially unacceptable not to wear them. There's ongoing daily debate on Facebook and all the so social media sites about, you know, who is right and who is wrong about the effectiveness of wearing masks. But actually, um, I think the most important thing is what, whatever you believe is effective um, is not the issue. The issue is having empathy for your fellow citizens. And mm. in Asia, if if people feel safer and com more comfortable with you wearing a mask, you should have the respect to wear it um, since they do. Um, and I think that in turn brings a sense of um, calmness when you're out and about, because if you literally in Hong Kong, if you go out to the, to the markets here and you're not wearing a mask, you'll find the little old ladies getting really upset at you and they won't serve you. Um, but that's, that's fascinating and very insightful that you identified retaining empathy as a real and beneficial reason for behavioral changes, whether or not you believed or don't believe in the effectiveness of the mask that, there's real empathy in going, well, if someone else does. And that reminds me, the, the thing I heard uh, recently that I like so much is, uh, and in the States, this is all very new. Um, we can either turn to each other or on each other. And exactly. I think turning the empathy you described is really turning to each other and how, how can we, what can we do together to, uh, to generate some comfort. Exactly. I mean, if you look to the UK, there were there were cases of Chinese people being attacked um, mm. because of wearing a mask and because of ignorance of people thinking that they were bringing the virus to to England. Um, and and yet, it's the complete opposite here in Hong Kong. If you don't wear the mask, um, right. you're seen in the same way, right? That you're not you're being selfish. Um, so, I mean, it. What does it take? I mean, I think it's it's a simple, simple gesture. I mean, of course, we had we had the few weeks where actually masks were not available. I'm, I'm sure you're going to experience that over there too. Um, but if you have them, 
why wouldn't you wear them if, yep. if it's going to give people comfort that you're doing your bit? Right now, there seems to be a very high willingness to do the things that are easy to do, to do mm-hmm. the things that we're being asked to do. So it'll be fascinating to see if uh, where masks fall in on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of, the, w- one of the most important things that happened in Asia um, is effective communication um, and trust in the leaders. Um, there's been some, you know, differences between countries. Um, Hong Kong's had its fair share of mistrust in the government, um, you know, of course, of the ongoing protests that were taking place. And so um, it was really interesting to see that when the government did decide to do all these things to shut schools down, um, as much as people dislike the the leaders they still followed suit because they understand they went through SARS and they understand that this is for their own good and and then if you look to Singapore um Prime Minister Lee did I mean it was just an outstanding piece of risk communication I don't know if you you read about it or saw it but he um he addressed the public and he did a speech in four different lang- four of the national languages, um, it was basically after they had panic buying in the shop, so everyone mm-hmm. was going out and buying the toilet roll. So he then came on um, TV and did a speech and said, "Look, we have this under control. We have masks. We have food for everyone. You don't need to do this." And he laid it out and he communicated well in all the four languages, and everything returned to normal. And it was it was such uh, an excellent example. Of leadership um, and for the country that you know they had trust in the people that were giving them this guidance whereas this is not the case clearly in the UK where there's all kind of mixed messages and uh, I guess in the states too. Well I think I'll um I may look for a link to that speech and I'll send it, it to you yeah and put it in the notes because that uh, it's great to have a good example so I was mm-hmm. keen to find out as you've gone through this kind of prolonged uh, experience with children working at home for their school, uh, most of your professional life being at home, I've wondered about, you know, it's always the case that if we look for things, we can find them. So if you found any kind of things that were benefits or that hadn't, that's been an upside to a difficult thing or, Likewise, if you've been shocked by something that's a real challenge that initially you didn't see coming. So mm. the, kind of a question. Yeah, the obvious upside is, you know, family time. We, we all lead such busy lives. I know for me, I'm juggling two jobs and it's taken this now working from home has given me four, four hours in my day back because I'm not commuting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also obviously I'm not tired at the end of the day because I'm here at home. So you really need to leverage off that, that appreciate um, that downtime and that time that you have with the people that you, you love. Um, so that's been a big plus The the downside of course is if you've got smaller kids, um, it's hard work mentally, physically. Yeah. Um, so it's, I found that the most important thing is to get a morning routine in place. Um, the rest of the day kind of trickles on and it has a knock on effect. If, as long as you start your day on the right foot. Um, and that doesn't mean that you for have to. You or for you and everyone in your home. 
Um, well, for me, I can't control everything for everyone, but obviously if I do it, um, it's going to put me in a better mental space and mm. I can handle kids not cooperating or whatever. Um, but also, I, I mean, my kids are older, so it's important and I, I try and get them to, to do the same, but they, we have it easier um, in, in that their schools are very on the ball. They have a, a standard school day already in place, so they, they have to be up at 8.30. They have their lessons on Zoom as they would have had if they were in physically in school. Um, so that's been really helpful, for, but for the the, the people that have got smaller kids and don't have that online um, learning opportunity, I think it's really important that you try and stick to your original schedule of getting kids up at the same time, getting them ready, getting the meals done at the same time, because um, otherwise things just become uncertain and your whole day passes without you having um, felt productive. I was talking to my daughter about that, who, as we talked earlier, is in her final semester of college. And the, the power and the responsibility of making the, your own structure in your day is a real life skill. But it's yes. not as easy as some people make it look. But providing just some structural foundation for the day can really make a big difference. So I'm not surprised, but that's a great thing to mention for our listeners to kind of go, wow, it's really important to make your own structure in this time where uh, it's not being given to you by uh, a school and a, a job and uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But th- there's so many, o- the, the nice thing I found is there's so much opportunity to learn in a different way. Um, because your kids are there, you have all these different resources. Our, our schools have actually been really creative with even doing PE lessons online. The teachers doing rap songs and getting them to do workouts to different. Uh, my daughter, I, One particular one, so they were playing Rihanna um, and they told them to hold a plank for the time that, the, that she is singing. And when um, Eminem comes along and starts rapping, then they have to do mountain climbers. So I thought that was, I thought that was brilliant. Um, so yeah, you great. can, yeah, so you can be fun with it. And of course you can, I mean, especially with fitness and training, like, you know, gyms are closed, um, but you have other opportunities. You, you can go for lunchtime runs, morning runs, do the things that you always said that we don't have time because we're stuck in an office, but now you're not. Yep. Getting to leverage all that commute time and mm. the, the, uh, the carbon footprint will be slightly smaller with fewer cars. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but that's really pushing hard to see the glass half full in uh, <laughs> the world of a pandemic. Um, I have to say the one that when you, you were talking about challenges, the, the most unexpected challenge, two things actually. One is obviously monitoring screen time because we, this is, it's, it's finding this balance because on the one hand it's technology that's allowing us to function in this situation. Yeah. Um, Thank God for the internet. Exactly. And yet, you know, we're constantly telling our kids, get off your phones, get off your computers. But now that's their only way of communicating and having any social engagement with their friends. So it's, I found that difficult because I can't tell my daughter, get off your, get off FaceTime because that's the only way that she's going to connect with her friends. Um, Because people are, of course, not wanting to do play dates or meet up or anything like that. Um, so that's a challenge. Um, 
And if we take that into the work um, side of things, I found in the early stages that it was quite challenging not to work too hard because when you're working from home, you, you instinctively feel you have to prove that you're actually working um, and that you're not actually slacking off. So I feel like you sometimes, I know I was working more hours. I wasn't taking a break as I would at lunchtime to go out and get food. Um, I just carry on working. And so you, I think you have to be very disciplined with your day and make sure that people also respect your working hours. I also find that, you know, I will have clients that who are also working from home and they will contact you at nine, 10 o'clock at night because they're, they're working at that time and they need your help. And they don't think twice about respecting your, um, your time and your um, schedule. So I think it's important to, to set that boundary beginning. Yeah. Again, especially, you know, making your own structure, you know, yeah. how do you, I had thought about, and I got a little bit better at just turning all the stuff off at an hour before I go to sleep. Yeah. Um, or, and so, but I think turning it off is the only way, but it's not, as you said, it's not easy because that's our, uh, yeah. Woo-hoo. Thank God for the internet. Cause <laughs> <laughs> it really is helping out a lot. Um, so observationally you're looking at, I would guess from your perspective, what went on in Hong Kong in January mm-hmm. uh, is happening in certainly in the States, but I think in Europe, it's uh, maybe a little bit ahead of the States, but I'm imagining that uh, we'll settle into it uh, with a few bumps you will. You will. I, I think in the beginning, it's people. You know, humans are creatures of uh, habit and routine. We like routine. We like to know what's coming, um, and it's very normal to fear the unknown. And you know, we it's we create a barrier. and We instinctively um, show resistance to any kind of change to to our our little uh, cocoon of what we're doing and. Um, we're used to. So I think once you learn to find your new reality, you adapt, you adapt very quickly. Yep. You, you get a new normal. So I wanted to, uh, at the resilience initiative, we talk about a five, three, one resilience plan where you have five people in your inner circle uh, you belong to in terms of investing in and harvesting from three communities uh, and you have a core belief. So I, we talk about that as kind of a, a way to build resilience. Um, when you hear that about uh, the five, three, one plan, I'm sure none of it is seems like a, a radical idea, but when you look at kind of, the way you've put together things to survive this. How have you seen that type of thing, that type of structure hold up and where is it a bigger challenge? Um, I think for me, the important thing is to connect with people who share my view on 
on handling things. Um, and I know that sounds that sounds like common sense, but the, the, but if you think about it in reality, right now there's so much information. There's I mean, people are sharing things on Facebook. People who are your friends, people who are colleagues <laughs> that you normally, um, you know, you you like these people, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Um, and so they're sharing all kinds of information, and 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 there's just actually too much there's too much information and you get caught up in 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 one line of thinking and and I think that creates a lot of noise and and a lot of disruption to your own peace and finding your own routine so it's really important that you identify the people that you um like-minded people that you feel are going to bring value to you um and help you navigate these uh these new waters um so that's the first thing and for me um Surprisingly, actually, um, a lot of it has come through um, social media. So I use Instagram a lot, and I find it so helpful to because you can you can just delete, right? You delete, you remove, you block people who are not bringing you peace of mind. Um, it's almost like and you, tuning a Pandora station. Yeah, it's and it's really important to do, and you shouldn't you, should, you shouldn't. Um, you shouldn't feel any qualms about about doing that. I mean, I do that for family, for friends, for coworkers. If you're not, if you're bringing not that's not adding and supporting what I'm trying to do, then you know I will just remove that because it's unnecessary. You're already dealing with so many different things that you have to adjust to. Um, don't add that extra factor of you know information that's not helping. So I, I really like Instagram because you can connect with anyone around the world and just you know, you choose, you control it. And I've learned so much and I've used the opportunity to, 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 um, to learn more my exercise stuff and do, you know, different training techniques and seeing how people around the world are handling things. And the more positive energy you can bring in, um, it's going to help you. You know, that is a key takeaway. You know, where can you find positive energy that you can tap into consistently to continue to make your life the way you want it to be, to feel, you know, because part of it is feeling better, you know, and when you mentioned Instagram, I have a friend in Washington, Jane, who's a florist. So every day there are two or three, and she's a genius. I mean, she is a savant. And every day there are two or three bouquets that are really beautiful. And just having a little beauty come into your life on an ongoing basis makes a difference. So it's yeah. impactful. Really great. So let's see, is there one more observation that you have thought of or that you'd like to share with our listeners? And then it's on, um, to, the quick, then it's on to the quick strike round. which <laughs> <wants>. <laughs> um, I think, I, I, I think um, for, for the observations, um, it's just, to try and calm yourself from not feeling fear. I mean, it's all doom and gloom. If you watch and and, and Hong Kong has been really good in not, we, we don't have, we never had this fear mongering going on in the press. It was just, um, you know, matter of fact reporting. These are the cases. This is what's happening. This is what we're doing. Um, and I think that really helps. So, you know, try and only take in the resources that you trust um, resist that urge to read everything yeah. that's out there because you'll you'll get misinformation and and use your common sense. 
Um, yeah, and, and I think the most important thing is to, to, to sit down and really take a look at all the positives that you can get from the situation. There are so many. There's so many. I mean, who wouldn't, if, if, if we took this virus situation out of the equation and your boss said to you, right, I want you to work from home indefinitely now. You manage your own time. You do your work. We'll check in. We'll check in once a day to, to see how things are going. But I trust you to do what you're doing. I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? We'd all jump at it. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, think, yeah. It's, the, it's about perspective. And you wonder in the time beyond what will, what will be changed in the work world. Because I've got to think the acceptance and the embrace of uh, remote work will be uh, augmented with a lot of success. So, you know, we were yeah. able to do it and uh, looking at different ways to do things. So now our quick strike round, which is really fun. What, um, what book are you reading? Um, right now I am reading um, uh, Pema Chandran, um, When Things Fall Apart. I struggle. I've been reading this book for ages and I really struggle to get through it because it's, it's really deep and it's, you know, there's a lot of practical teachers and teachings in there. So I'm, I'm going through it bit by bit in phases. So um, it's, yeah. What music do you listen to when you need to get going? Um, I listen to all sorts. I mean, if you look at my, um, my Spotify playlist, I start my day with mantras, which is traditional Hindu, Hindu mantras with a Ganesh mantra, the Gayatri mantra, which is a universal prayer. So I start off with that and then I can go through um, 80s love songs, um, hip hop, rap. It's just whatever. I have no set taste, whatever makes me feel good. Excellent. And what's the best advice you ever got? The best advice um, I ever got was from my dad. And this is about um, dealing with anger and um, finding your own peace and, and forgiveness. And he told me um, that, you know, when you hold anger, it's a punishment it's a punishment that you're giving yourself for something somebody else has done. You hold on to, imagine you hold on to a, a hot ball of fire. That's, that's what you're doing. You need to let go of it, throw it. I've, um, heard, I've heard people say it's like taking poison and expecting someone else to die. Exactly. Exactly. And my dad taught me that from a very young age about, you know, forgiving people and forgiving is not about telling, um, it's not, it's not saying that whatever that person did was okay. It's, it's saying that, you know, you're, you're going to let that go. That's for your own peace. That's, that's such a key part in um, being able to retain our momentum as we go through life. Because we get in, when we stop and we're, we become a stagnant pool is where we really, there's peril. So, um, yeah, I think in, in actually in relation to, you know, what we're talking about with the, the coronavirus, um, the biggest thing is that we cannot, we cannot change any situation. We only change our reaction to it. So yeah. we, 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 we turn it inwards and see what we can do. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I You're really very welcome. appreciate your perspective and experience with this and I'm, it will help our listeners, and I hope that you have a sunny blue sky day in Hong Kong, which is always nice to look forward to. 
And thank you so much. And from the Resilience Initiative at hash and the podcast hashtag Resilience. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest thank, of the day. Thanks, Hudson. Bye bye. Bye. Wow, that was just wonderful. Some key takeaways. I loved how she talked about empathy for others, uh, especially with masks, uh, but thinking of them. Uh, A very strong endorsement for embracing a routine. And I think some smart advice on tuning our social media so it supports and aligns with our moving towards our best self in a time where we really do need courage and strength. In the notes, there is a link to the excellent speech uh, from Prime Minister Lee in Singapore. Just an outstanding example of thoughtful leadership uh, for a country. And next time, make sure to join us when we talk with Robin Kinnish, who's also from Hong Kong. Thanks for listening to Hashtag Resilience with Watson Jordan. Please reach out to me and let me know what you think. If you like our show, please subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. The episode notes include germane information about the show. Take a look. We're available for speaking and facilitating in addition to our researching, interviewing, and writing. Learn more about our work on resilience at hashtagresilience.com. Spread the word.